who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Wander with us into a world of magic. Do you lack magic? Where old stories take on a new life and the world is teeming with possibilities. Well, for the last time, we're not kissing, Fritz. Join Jenny and Madeline in this fantastical audio drama as they journey into the stories you grew up with. Okay, Gown. Let's do this. And reinvent fairy tales with a feminist twist. Ready for your next adventure? Then we'll see you soon in the forest of feminist fairy tales. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Ooh, very pretty. You already know that we're not experts. We're just going to do our thing. And today, as you probably already know because you clicked on this, this is the mini episode. It is a mini What's in the News episode. So you know it's especially mostly our thoughts and opinions on uh, things that have been going on with the world and America mostly. Pretty much. Yeah. So before we get started, I just want to offer a correction to my Aladdin episode. Okay, er, Aladdin episode. To the Disney episode. Because when I was editing it, I was listening back and I recalled saying that Aladdin was written, that that Arabian Nights was written by a white guy, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. what I said. I was like, Arabian Nights was written by like a European dude. And there is a correction to that. Kind of. A semi-correction. A half-correction. Okay. So, Arabian Nights, which is actually like a 1,001 uh, Arabian Nights, is actually a collection of Arabian folktales. So, it is actually Arabian folktales. However, the story of Aladdin was added in later by a French dude who was like, I got this story from a Syrian guy in Aleppo. And people are kind of like, sure you did, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> so... That story is kind of like a weird mashup of like Far East tales and also Middle Eastern tales and African tales, kind of like stereotypes that have been like smooshed together. together. Like the original story like took place in China, but the genie was African and like all kinds of like all weird over the stuff. place. Yeah, it was like all over the place because it was written by a European guy. But I wanted to clarify okay. before we had experts in our. Yeah. In our DMs being like, hey, one one thousand and one Arabian Nights is not written by a European guy. So that's my correction for this week. The end. The end. Okay. That's the end of our show. Bye. Nope. Um sorry, we're still here. We are still here. Okay, so do you have anything you want to start with or should I open? No, it up? you start. 
Okay, so why don't we start with, we should preface this by saying we record usually on about a Tuesday for our Thursday episode to give Uh us time to edit. And sometimes what that means is that news will break. Yeah. And then our episode will come out the next day, and it will seem like we're ignoring, in like, very important news that just happened. Right. Um, so I do feel like, even though this was a week ago, almost, that this happened, that we should address this, and that is that the East Area Rapist, Golden State Killer, yes. has been caught. <gasps> so exciting! Which you and I, both as, like, true crime nerds, yeah. are ecstatic about and very excited about. For those of you who don't know, the East Area Rapist slash Golden State Killer. Slash Original Night Stalker. Slash Original Night Stalker terrorized the state of California, specifically in like the Sacramento area, but like also up and down throughout California. Yeah. And he was so fucking scary. Like so scary. The shit that he did was and so he got scary. Away with it for so long. It's horrifying. Yeah. So this- like up until last week, I would listen to that and be like, "Holy shit, this guy is like still out there and probably in California." Yeah. Like, what? what and he, he just- was. Yes, he was. Yeah, and Our worst fear was realized that he was still around. And he committed these crimes in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. So he really did get away with it for like 40 years. That's and insane. we thought that, I mean, I when I listened to that series, which by the way, guys, if you really do want like a detailed, like point by point, minute by minute, like explanation of like what happened in that case, listen to the case file series because they tell you literally everything. And or they, read Michelle McNamara's book. Because yeah, it's definitely read Michelle McNamara's book because she brought a lot of attention to this case, which is why it got solved. Yeah. Um, but if you just want to kind of listen to something, either listen to that or listen to um, case file or both because case file has like interviews with the uh, victims, victims and like families of the victims. But Michelle Michelle McNamara is really uh, what broke this case wide open. Yeah, the book is called um, I'll, I'll Be Gone in the Dark. I'll Be Gone in the Dark. I'm loving all of the information that we're finding out. Did you hear how he was caught? The DNA. Yes. That's becoming a big controversial topic, but honestly, like, I'm having a hard time being interested in it because that part doesn't interest me. The fact that he was found interests me. Well, the fact that he was found interests me, but the fact that this is... I've never heard of them using DNA like this before. So... But isn't that a good thing? Like, well, if, you're, if you're a bad guy, then yeah, you need to worry about it. But if you're like... If you haven't done anything wrong... Right, but I think it kind of... I, I agree. I'm so happy that it was used in this way to find him. But I think the reason why people are concerned... So if you don't know, this is what happened. So the detective who was on this case, he was getting ready to retire. He actually was, like, all set up to retire in March. And he was like, I need to solve this case. Mm-hmm. So he was like, we have all this DNA. Because for everything that the East Area Rapist did, Golden State Killer did... Right to keep from getting caught, he did not. Um, he left a lot of DNA at the scene, right? Mm-hmm. So he was like, you know what we should do is we should. It wasn't twenty three and Me, but it was one of those like those DNA, yeah, like sites Websites, or whatever. Yeah. And he was like, let's run his DNA up against their database and see if it hits anything. And it did. It hit somebody. Like, so say if I had, like, sent my spit into 23andMe and they sent back, like, hey, you're this and that. And I'd be like, oh, cool. Yeah. You know, my shit is forever in their system after that. Mm -hmm. And so that's what happened. It it bumped up against somebody. They ran all of that person's, like, um, 
family members and they were like this is the most likely like guy and then they like staked out in front of his house until he's like slipped up how amazing is that it is amazing but here's the concern that people have yeah because with people were already worried like there were already things going around because i definitely want to do the 23 and me i'm such a like i'm such a genealogy nerd i am absolutely like i have my whole like like family tree but also like I'm such a question mark. Like, my white family has been here literally since, like, the 1500s, and my black family, obviously, you can trace that back so far, and then you go into slave records, and it becomes difficult to track, so I want to do it so bad. Yeah. But the thing that people have been having a difficult time with is that you basically do sign over to allow your DNA to remain in their database for basically whatever they want to use it for. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I'm just one of those people that, like, that doesn't scare me. But I'm like, like, okay, yeah, whatever. So, like, hypothetically, they could take it and, like, use it to clone shit or whatever. <laughs> That's, like, what people are concerned about. Like, because where where does it stop whenever you've signed it over to let them use it however right. they want? You know I what I mean? I guess for me, like, I don't know why. It's just, it doesn't, that still doesn't really scare me i mean i feel like i would i'm more concerned about like the information and photos like that facebook is holding on to forever and i don't um, know if there was a clone of me out there and some like if they sold my shit to like a government entity and there was like a clone of me out there i'd want to know i'd be pissed but i feel like maybe this is me being naive but i feel like in my mind the likelihood of people digging up information about me like through facebook or other social media is more likely than them choosing my dna out of everybody to want to use as a clone or something yeah i don't know i guess for me like yeah. that's just my rational side of my mind that i don't use very often that's like what are the odds of that actually happening i don't know and i'm and the I'm odds also, are like, the odds are low but the, i'm also there. just a really trusting person even in things that shouldn't be trusted which is definitely a flaw that i have and like chris gets really mad at i me. don't know if it's a flaw no it's totally a flaw because it's like i'm trusting i'm trusting to like a fault i do think there's an element of that that we all deal with on a daily basis. So it's easy for me to be like, yeah, 23andMe, like, or any of these, like, DNA sites being, feeling like that's violating. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't read terms of service ever. You yeah. know what I mean? So, like, yeah. who knows what we all collectively on a daily basis are just yeah. being like, sure, too. Like, yeah. we don't know. Yeah, and as far as me thinking about giving DNA, if... For any reason, my DNA could somehow be part of solving a case like this. Like, that's where my mind right. goes. I'm like, if if my donation in any sort of way, whether it be to science, to one of those genetics websites, can be of any help to the greater good, mm-hmm. to me, the pros outweigh the cons. For, yes, in my mind. I agree with you. Um, I have to say, though, that he does have children and grandchildren and yes. while it's a conflicting feeling i'm sure it's a conflicting feeling like where you could be like oh i helped put my grandfather away forever even though he's a fucking monster he's still your grandfather and like what what right. are you going to deal with emotionally to fucking grapple with of that of course but that's something that i feel you need to know i mean it's not i shouldn't say need to know but it's something like i would rather like, if I found out that my mom, who is, as you all know, like, my best friend, if I found out that she was actually this whole other person, as heartbreaking that would be, and as much as it would fuck me up, I feel like it would be 
worth it in the long run. I've never been in this situation, obviously. So yeah, I, I think it's a say. difficult thing to speculate on because and, it's like, but but it's not that person's fault. Right, but it would be hard not to feel that way. Of course, you, know what you I mean? could put you could have guilty feelings and things like that, but at the same time, I don't know. I just want to state for the record that y- yes, I think I would do something. I truly, truly do. But I think it's the same kind of situation of like running into a burning building where you don't know what you're gonna do. Exactly. No, or, I agree. or it would take you a long time to make the decision to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I have a, I believe truly that I would do the right thing, but would I do the right thing right away? Because the brain is a tricky thing, and yeah, having you to don't like know how you're gonna react come to, to terms with like that situation. So I really, really feel so, so, so badly for his family because I'm just like, you guys were thrown into a hurricane of shit that you didn't know was coming. Yeah, well, and I hope that they're getting the help that they need. And I hope that their privacy is also being taken seriously because I'm sure there's a lot of people... It's not. No, it sucks. But are there people that are trying to at least help them? I'm sure there are, but I've already heard reports of, like, people camping outside their house, taking pictures. Well, they probably have to be moved into, like, a hotel. Because I know when there's, like, abduction cases, they usually move them into, like, a hotel and will move them around. And, like, there's, you know, constant police around them so i hope that there's at least some people that are helping right now and it'll blow over eventually and they'll you know be able to move on and in whatever way they can i was gonna say move on is kind of you know in quotes you know yeah move on in in whatever way makes sense for them yeah their lives are never going to be the same their 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 future generations lives are never going to be the same you know but hopefully they can regain some sort of new life. Some sense of, of normalcy. Yeah. Um, and I do want to state for the record that I think the way they found they caught him was super cool and innovative innovative and interesting. And yeah. Um, I mean it's I'm, gonna be it's gonna be a groundbreaking thing, I think, for finding future criminals, which again leads back to why people are concerned. But for right. me it's still like it's so cool. And like it is so I, cool. I'm not against it. I I just yeah. feel like I had to play devil's advocate and state for the record like totally. this is why people are concerned about giving like if you're one of those people who's like weird about the FBI watching you through your laptop you might not want to give your DNA to 23andMe because... I feel like they'd probably already be thinking that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> quite possible. Um, but, and for the record, I just wanted to state that his name is Joseph James D'Angelo. So we can go ahead and put that out there. Put and, it out there. Um, he is 72 years old, and uh, he did some really horrible shit. So Really horrible shit. I guess I'll move into talking about 13 Reasons Why. Alrighty. So, season two is coming out. I... Thoroughly enjoyed season one, although I was very aware of the problematic shit that went down. Did you read the book? I did. I read the book okay. when I was in high school. Yeah, I read it when I was in high school. I read school. it again when I was like 18 or 19. Mm-hmm. It's a book that really resonated with me. It's one that I it's it's I don't read a lot of books over and over again, and that's one of those books that mm-hmm. I could read over and over again. I liked the book better than the show. I watched yeah. the whole show. I have beef with the show. Yes. The I show, have beef with the book, actually, too, now that I think about it. Yeah. But. But, I mean, for me, well, and, and this is, I guess, a good way to kind of introduce the thought that we're going to be doing mental health awareness. Right. Month. So welcome to the month of May, everyone. Yeah. And the month of May is uh, Mental Health Month. So we are going to 
Uh, our next full-length episode is going to be a mental health episode, as will our final episode of the month. We're not going to overwhelm you with with a lot of this stuff because it can get really heavy. So the yeah. middle two weeks, we're going to try and do some lighter subjects. Yeah. Um, but, but we're going to start and close the month with that. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know my past, I, you know, struggled with anxiety and depression and eating disorders. And the media, especially television was sometimes very triggering to me. I think at times gave me ideas for things that I may not have known about otherwise. But then you also have to look at the other side of things that makes people aware that those are problems that people have. Um, So as far as 13 Reasons Why goes, I think that it's an incredibly important show for a lot of reasons. I wish they hadn't shown her suicide, spoiler alert. You know, actually, I feel like we're on we're on opposite sides because to me, my beef with this show was how much they because whenever I was a teenager and after whenever I had like lots of depressive episodes, anytime I entertained the idea of suicide, it wasn't the reality of what that means. Mm-hmm. It was the thought of everybody's going to be so sorry that they were mean to me and they're going to cry at my funeral and, you know, all of that stuff, that romanticizing about being able to be in control. And for me, that was my beef with the show. It romanticized the idea of, like, I'm in control after I die. You all have to suffer for what you did to me and you caused my suicide. Right, which... I don't like that. No, but... They still show the anger, I feel like, of the main character being frustrated that she did that. Like, I still felt that... Being like, frustrated that she did what? Sorry. That she killed herself. That it was... That, that that she had to, like, go to those ends. Like, I don't think it shows that, like, oh, look, all these people are going to be so sorry that you're gone. Because, yes, there were people that, that really missed her and were sorry that she was gone because it's a human life that was once in their life and isn't anymore. But I feel like it does still show the recklessness of Right, suicide. but she painstakingly created tapes to make people feel guilty about yes. what they did to which, her. Which angers the people. Like, it doesn't... It's not like, oh, it worked out exactly how she wanted to. She left destruction when right. she left. But to me, I don't know. To me, it kind of romanticizes the idea of, like, you are still in control after you die. And it's... And right. It's, and they never once in that show... Okay, and we're talking about this because the trailer for season two came out. Look, I'm gonna watch season two. I think that it's important to be talking about this stuff. Suicide is very close to me. You know, someone very close to my life committed suicide. But I think there are things that I have beef with with the show, and one of those things is the romanticizing of it. Another one of those things is putting the onus on everyone around you for to be responsible for your mental health. Right. And the third thing is never once in that show do they ever discuss her mental health. Ever. That's true. You know, they That's never true. they never really discuss that anything deeper is going on with her other than that she's being an angsty teen who this bad stuff's happening to and she can't handle well, it. Well, I mean... She was raped and had a lot of right, horrible things. But they happen. never discussed dealing with any of that stuff. Right. But also, sometimes people who commit suicide may not have had a history of mental illness exactly. I feel like at times, like when I think of myself. 90%, though. No, like I looked I, up the I statistics. Agree. Yeah. Know, I, 90% of people who commit suicide have a history of mental health issues. Right. So 
not in, everyone. In this, right. In this particular instance, we don't know. We don't know what her history is. It, it is most likely that if you're committing suicide that you have some sort of history with those things. Also, there are things that can happen in your, in your life that can spur anxiety and depression and sure. other mental illnesses that can create, like, if you look into, like, psychotic episodes and, like, how that, you know, can affect sure. you and things like that. But also, if you just think about the mind of a teenager, and I'm not saying, oh, kids, like, they are, you know, lesser than or anything mm-hmm. like that, but I think of myself, and when I would do horrible things to myself... It was because I had such a limited picture of my life. Sure. The things that were happening in my life at the moment were the rest of my life. And I've seen that when I've been nannying, too, where kids are like, I hate my life. Mm-hmm. My life is horrible mm-hmm. because they couldn't play with the toy they wanted. Yeah, and you I know? think that that is something fair to bring up um, and something that I did defend about the show when I was watching it, where their behaviors seem very extreme because, if you can that's remember being a teenager, everything was the worst thing. And that's, and yeah. that's why teenage suicide rate is so high in Right, because you can't see the outside of it. No, yeah. you can't see that there's possibly a way that you can get beyond the world that is in that minute. Mm-hmm. And I also feel like she was a victim of trauma. And if you've ever been a victim of any sort of trauma, you know that you are not in your right state of right. mind. You may not be diagnosed with a mental illness, of but course. you are not in your right yeah. mind whatsoever. I, your I, brain is trying to cope with these things. I do absolutely agree with you. I just think I know from having read like how this show came about that they were advised... By people, by yeah. mental health professionals, not to do it the way that they did, and they did right. it that way anyway. But then there's also, if you watched, like they did like a little documentary I saw it. afterwards, yeah. yeah th- and there were, you know, mental health professionals that yeah. that praised it. But that so, was coming from the backlash of what they had already exactly. received. Like exactly. they were, they were already like in hot water because they yes. did something they shouldn't have done, and so they were like, "Shit, we should probably." Ma-. And look, yeah. it was great. Like the the, I think like having a talk back at the end of the series was exactly what they needed to do. Like, that was the right thing to do. And I think that having a season two is the right thing to do because I'm hoping that they can take this and kind of implicate those faults that they had from the first season and implicate ways to make it better in the second season. I think that there's a lot more awareness that we've had even within the past year. They kind of ended the first season with the possibility of some sort of shooting. Mm. I'm interested to see where that's going to go, especially in wake of... Parkland. Parkland and so many other shootings that's been going on and and the media around it. I'm interested to see what they're Mm going to do with that. Yeah. Um, I have high hopes. I have positivity so I. going into it. Yeah. I, um, I want to clarify that I've been tough on this show, obviously. But you have to be. Because I'm, I'm very critical of the things that I feel like they got wrong because I think that there is potential for this show and because I think that it has such an impact on young people. Yeah. And I don't want it to be giving the wrong message. That's it. Like, yeah. I watched the whole show. I will yeah. watch season two. And for me, um, speaking back to the point that we discussed earlier with you not liking that they showed her suicide... It was really difficult and hard to watch, but for me, it was one of those things where it, for one second, didn't romanticize how fucking awful this is. That's true, you know, and I like, think for me, what was really hard about it was that because I have a history with self-harm... Right. It was that it real. Was kind of... Yeah, it was just, like, even just thinking about it right now, like, it makes me feel very sick to I had to stomach. take my headphones out. I was watching it, like, plugged in with my headphones, and I had to take my headphones out yeah, because it, it made me feel sick to my stomach as well. Yeah, yeah, it's really tough, and that, for me, was really, really hard. But at the same time, there's kids that 
watched it and were able to recognize things in people that they had never recognized before that they went to school with. Sure. And I think that's amazing. She did come across as a very real teenager, and I feel like a lot of the characters came across as real teenagers, and I think that that's part of what, as an adult watching the show, is kind of frustrating, because you're watching teenagers and all of their, like, irrationality and, like, stuff that you're, you're just, like... no! There's a light at the end of the tunnel, yeah. I swear! Like, I fucking guarantee you your life is better after this. Like, mm-hmm. I guarantee you that, like, post-high school things get better. It's not so yeah. hard. And it's, so it's hard to watch as an adult. Right. But that is exactly true. When I, I was in high school, you can't see outside of that no. stuff at all. No. Like, yeah. But so. I think it's great that they, that it's made an awareness of people to be more aware of the people around you and see when people are being mistreated and things that you can do about it, even if they're more passive, like phone numbers you can call, ways to reach out to people. Absolutely. Uh, Just being supportive of your fellow person. I think there's a lot of really great things that came out of that show. Second season is coming out May 18th. I'm very much looking forward to it. So am I. All right, we can go on to the next. Okay, so the next thing, and I really... Don't want to linger on this very long, but I feel like we're not doing our duty if we do not address this for, like, five seconds, just because it's been all over the news and it's something we need to talk about. Um, Kanye West. Oh, God. We have to talk about Kanye West for a second. Kanye, Kanye get help. Yeah. Because here's the difficult thing for me with Kanye West is I, I go back and forth. Because his music, I love his music. I have it on my... When, when I'm getting ready to go out and I'm listening to music that's getting me, like, pumped up, like, old Kanye West music, totally in it. Like, I fucking yeah. love it. But... And so I go back and forth between being like, Kanye is canceled, and then being like, but I truly believe there's something really wrong with him. Like, right. I, I But think, I think he can be both. I yeah. think he can be canceled, but also be like, right. and look, I think, he, needs, he needs help. I think that's where we are right now, where yeah. we need to kind of like put an arm's length distance between yes. us and Kanye at this point. Yes. Um, even though I truly do think like he... And I think he's even admit he's been kind of open with like the fact that he has some mental health problems and like yeah. I think he needs to go offline and fucking take care of those like and not yeah. be in I the midst hate, of all of this stuff because I just hate that Kim like immediately came to his like yeah. defense and kind of brushed everything under the rug for him like I no think, it makes her problematic I understand I understand supporting your husband and wanting to like Chance the rapper use did your the same platform. thing like I understand it but it's all, at the same time like. That is not the time to be posting online. That is the time to be, like, getting with your husband and being, like, we need What's to- wrong? Yeah. Yeah. Like, we need to talk about this. So, for those of you who don't know, so let's uh, just re-crap. That probably, re-crap. like, yeah, this is our re-crapping segment. Yep. Um, so, Kanye basically kind of re-emerged from his, like, social media hibernation. Yes. Um, he had not been posting a lot on social media, and then I heard a theory on the Daily Zeitgeist, which, guys, if you want news every day that's, like, from a funny yeah. kind of source um, that comes out every single day, listen to the Daily Zeitgeist. Yeah. But they were basically like, I think Kanye came out of hibernation because Kendrick won the Pulitzer, and he was, like, couldn't handle not being the center of attention, yeah. like, for five seconds, which I kind of agree with. Mm-hmm. And he came out and was just tweeting weird shit. Like, came out and was like, I'm gonna tweet a book. It's gonna be amazing. And then he started tweeting things about Donald Trump. And he 
the first thing that I saw, because I... This all happened the same day the Golden State Killer was caught, and it was the first time I used my own Twitter, because <laughs> I, I was I just it. so excited. I posted a thing on Twitter, and then I was getting, like, responses to it, so I was actually on Twitter, which I'm never on, and then I saw that Kanye was losing his mind, yeah. and so I was looking at I was checking it as it yeah. was happening, and he was, like, he had posted a picture of him in a in a MAGA hat and he was with these two other white guys and one of them was giving the okay symbol which has kind of become like an alt-right like yeah. white supremacy symbol yeah and then he tweeted all this stuff about him and how him and Donald have like dragon energy and just like weird yeah. fucking stuff and then that went on for a while and he was just like none of you can tell me not to hate Trump and then he's put out like a song since then with T.I. where T.I.'s like yeah shoopy poop a doop and then, like, T.I. was like, hey, this is weird. What are you doing? And Kanye was like, I don't know. Basically, in that song. And um, then today, today, actually, let me pull this up. Because I figure we don't get paid for this anyway, so who's going to sue us if they hear this? Um, that's not a challenge. <laughs> don't do it. You hear about slavery for 400 years? For 400 years? That sounds like a choice. <laughs> so... Kanye basically says on TMZ, he went on TMZ and said today, today and basically said that he thought that slave for like 400 years, we were slaves for 400 years. At some point that becomes a choice. Seriously. And there was a um, TMZ reporter named Van Lathan and he clapped back at Kanye to Kanye's face, which I think is fucking amazing. amazing. So here, here it is. Here's Kanye, and then here's Van Lathan. Do you feel that I'm feeling? Do, do you feel that I'm being free and I'm thinking free? I think what you're doing right now is actually the absence of thought. And the reason why I feel like that is because yeah. there is fact and real-world, real-life consequence behind everything that you just said. And while you are making music and being an artist, and living the life that you've earned by being a genius, the rest of us in society have to deal with these threats to our lives. We have to deal with the marginalization that has come from the 400 years of slavery that you said for our people was a choice. Frankly, I'm disappointed, I'm appalled, and brother, I am unbelievably hurt by the fact that you have morphed into something, to me, that's not real. Isn't that Dude, amazing? Kanye's face that whole time makes me want to punch him. I don't think he has any he, real understanding. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't have any sort of, like, intake at all in no, his face when I he's think watching he's, him. And that man, oh, that man, I love you, whoever right. you are, my God. Van Lathan. Why are you working for TMZ? Work for God, a good, uh, like, a, a better publication. That was so eloquently said exactly. to someone's face mm-hmm. who... Is quite intimidating that people I feel right. like kind of just they handle him with kid gloves all the time. They, do. they never talk to him like that. Yeah, and and he is being so real and honest with him. I think that's it's fantastic, be- but it's not even hitting him because at all. Because it's raw hurt. Like, it's yeah. hurt. And I think the black community in general is hurt right now. Like, we yeah. feel personally atta- like victimized by Kanye West yeah. because it's just like we you were here for us and yeah yay's been yay yay's been fucking crazy like yay's been all over the map doing this or that forever and like it's been questionable but there is a line and people are like 
he's doing it for publicity. He's doing it for his new album, and it's no. like it, the stakes are too high. And that doesn't matter. That no. doesn't that doesn't no. excuse things for me. No. And for me, I feel like celebrities have a different sort of privilege than you and I do. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he's just blinded and he's oh, like 100%. in this protective 100%. privilege bubble well, that he forgets that there's people like this TMZ reporter who's saying you're not here with the rest of us who are afraid for our lives right, right now right and outside of the fact that you know not trying to make excuses for Kanye but I do believe that Kanye West is mentally ill yeah, like well, I he's think been he, in a mental hospital yeah, before and he needs to go back he's mentally ill he has problems like yeah. you know what I mean so Outside of that, the fact that he may not actually be able to process or have, like, yeah. any real understanding. I hope he comes back later and realizes. Yeah. I also believe that he and I think the reason why he vibes with Donald Trump so much is because they have the same kind of, like, narcissistic personality disorder. Yeah. Where, like, it's all about them and, yeah. like, they cannot see outside of themselves or what they're doing. Wouldn't you think that they would bump heads, though, if they were together for too long? Oh, oh for God. sure. For they sure. they have to be the best. Yeah, like, and they have to be the one who's being talked about all the time. And if one of them was taking the other one's spotlight. But, I mean, okay, so this kind of meshes right into the next, and I think, kind of last thing we're going to talk yeah. about, which is Michelle Wolf's um, White House Correspondence Dinner. Yay, yay. So while while um, she was doing that, uh, Trump, who would normally, the president normally goes <laughs> to yeah. the White House Correspondence Dinner. He didn't go. He didn't go last he, year, I read. He was in Michigan, I think, doing a rally. A rally, which I'm just like... Did you see him there where he was like... Yes, he I did. said something like, where are my, like, Hispanic where am, people And they were, they were like, whoa. And he's like, not very many of you, I see. Okay, and moving then, on. And then, no, and then he's like, Kanye gets it. Yeah, he, and then, Kanye gots it, is what he Kanye said. Kanye gots it. Kanye gots it. And then yeah. I saw on James Corden, he's like, Kanye gots what? <laughs> like, <laughs> No, like, so... Yeah, while he was in, um, while the White House Correspondence Center was going on, he was doing a rally, which I'm just like, has any other president who is president now, like, you're not campaigning, you're president, has any other president continued to do these rallies on the road like this? Like, I've never seen this in my life. And um, that's what he was doing, and basically he was just like, isn't Kanye amazing? And that's why Kanye is dangerous, and that's what I want to, like, drive home is, like, Whatever the reason that he's doing this, short of really believing this, which he's already said that he disagrees, Kanye has already said that he disagrees with Trump on a lot of things. He's basically just impressed that Trump was able to win the election when no one thought he would. Yeah. But if you are supporting him and you are saying things like slavery was a choice, you are validating so yeah. many like racist people who yes. are on the right and they're who saying, have said oh, this. Well, Kanye is black. We got one. Kanye is saying yeah, these things. He gets yeah. it. He got it. We got yeah. one. Um, okay, well, leaving Kanye, because I don't want to stay on it too long, because yeah. I just don't want to give him as much attention. Um, let's, let's move on. Let's talk about Michelle Wolf. Let's do it. And she offended a lot of people. Which is, okay. But. It's fucking bullshit that she did, though. Yes. Because this well, is what they're supposed to do. They exactly. roast. That's what they're supposed to do. And also, I uh, can't remember who, I wrote a quote, and I can't remember who said it, but it said, how can you work for Trump and be offended by vulgarity? Because literally everything she says was 100% based in fact. There was nothing that she just, like, was making up. All of these things that she said were very much based in fact. The whole point of this was to roast the president. Mm -hmm. Every other president has 
taken it in the past, and usually they're there to and kind usually, of, like, retort. Yeah, usually they have a chance for rebuttal. He didn't show up, so yeah. he didn't get that chance. No, and she really didn't even talk about Trump himself that much, to be no. honest. She she kind of focused her energy on the people that were there, which I think is smart. I mean, she did talk about him some in a way that I want to address, because I yeah. think that this is fucking brilliant. Yeah. The way that she talked about him was to talk about how broke he is. I don't get it, though. No, no. I do. Okay, here. Okay, tell me, because I'm still, I haven't done enough, like, reading into it, and I was just kind of like, what? The one thing, so Anthony Jeselnik, who's also a comedian, he came up and said, I was at the roast for Donald Trump on Comedy Central a few years ago, and the Donald Trump didn't care what you roasted him about. He didn't care. His kids were fair game. His businesses were fair game. It was all fair game, except don't say he has less money than he say he ha- says he oh. has. He's extremely sensitive because he's actually not that rich. Because there's actually a whole thing about him becoming like this rich figurehead where he called in somewhere and was just like, Donald Trump has this much money. Like, as, he was Donald Trump, <gasps> but he called in and said that. And then Forbes put him on the list and said he had like $75 million. No. When he really only had, like, $5 million. And that's why he was able to get so many, like, loans for, like, casinos and stuff. He was, like, because they pointed this out in the Daily Zeitgeist, and I was like, you're fucking right. He was able to bankrupt casinos. Do you know how hard it is to bankrupt a casino? They're designed to win. Like, the house always wins. How do you bankrupt a casino? Right. So, he's an incredibly bad businessman. He doesn't really have as much money as people think he does, which is why he didn't want to release his tax returns, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, that's why he's really so mad at her, Trump, because she went after the one thing Mm -hmm. that he fucking gives a shit about. He doesn't care about his kids. He doesn't care about him being racist or homophobic yeah. or sexist or any yeah. of this other shit. He cares about Money. people thinking he's rich. Yeah. I love what she said about Ivanka, though, where she was, like, just, like, a, like, oh, a diaper genie. Diaper genie. She, she's, like, pretty on the outside, but, you know, she's, like, full, full of, of shit. Full of shit on the inside. Ugh, I love no, it. like, I honestly, and I watched her special on HBO today just because I, I, I wanted to see it, and I loved her on The Daily Show. Yeah. And she is so... Fucking funny. And I really when like I was her. when I was watching the White House Correspondence Dinner, I watched it on Sunday morning and I remember telling Anthony, I was looking for highlights because I was like, I just want to mm-hmm. watch the highlights. And Anthony was like, No, let's watch the whole thing. And I was like, I get secondhand embarrassment mm-hmm. so hard that I was like, I don't know if I want to watch this. I hate watching Rose because I can't do it. If yeah. if they're in the room with me, there's no way I could say the shit that she said. No Dude, way. The things she said to Sarah Huckabee Sanders. And fucking Kellyanne. Her face. Fuck I know, but you but they kept showing her face. That's why for me, Keegan just Sorry. hit the wine bottle. Um Well, because she was there in lieu of Trump. That's why she was sitting on the yeah, podium. But like the fact that they like had the camera on her face the whole time was like, yo. It's hard to watch. But I don't. I don't feel bad for it at all. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's lies. It's probably lies. Like about the eyeshadow, the or way the, the 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 smoky eye. So the line that people have been griping on the most, um, which is crazy to me that this is the line that people are focusing on, is when she says Sarah Huckabee Sanders burns lies and uses the ash to create the perfect smoky eye. Yeah, and. To me, I'm just like, that's amazing. But, but people, why are people holding on to it so much? Because, because they wanted to have something to gripe about, and yep. they took that as meaning 
as focusing on her looks. Right. Which it's well, not at all. Well, the same thing as uh, The Handmaid's Tale joke, which, which I'll get to, but you fucking need to rude. Hear... It's fucking rude that they would think that that's an insulting thing about her looks. Because then you're saying that about the actress. And Dowd is ugly. She's it's the not. whole thing. So The Verge did this really funny article that says, How to Get Sarah Huckabee Sanders Smoky Eye Look, a beauty tutorial. Oh my God, that's amazing. And it says, Millions of beauty enthusiasts have learned how to copy the makeup of their favorite stars, give themselves complex nail art, and yes... Master the elusive and sultry smoky eye look. Smokies are hard. They are, through the vanguard of YouTube makeup tutorials. Um, Yet a quick glance at social media over the past few days would suggest that political commenters have watched few, if any of them. And so they talk about the the whole routine that she did, the comedy routine, and then they go step-by-step how to create a smoky eye. Not just a smoky eye, but a Sarah, Sarah Huckabee, Huckabee Sanders. Sanders smoky eye. So it's like, you know, the primer, um, it kind of talks about like, oh, you don't want to miss this step, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then so you think it kind of sounds like just like a regular makeup tutorial. And then um, it says something like, by carefully patting primer over your lids and under your eyes or consistently eroding the basic notion of truth before <laughs> moving into the next steps of the process. And then, you know, it goes to like, you know, concealer, lighter shadow, darker shadow, blending, black eyeliner, and they all kind of have, oh, highlighter, mascara, and they all have these, like, really, like, quick little undertones to it. We definitely have to, like, post this That's link somewhere. hilarious. I'll, we'll post it on Twitter. It's hilarious. It's such a great article. Definitely read it. You know what's it. kind of funny is, like, a smoky eye is really hard. Like, that's the thing is people have been like, um, she was kind of complimenting her makeup game because a smoky eye is really hard. And I did because I had a peel on Saturday. We're going into, like, because I'm making everything about myself. We had a um, peel. I had a peel on Saturday and I wasn't allowed to put foundation on, uh-huh. but I was going out um, Saturday night, and I was just like, what am I going to do to hide my fucking d- tragic face? Smoky eye! That's exactly what I did. <laughs> and I haven't done a smoky eye in so fucking long, but I was like, how can I distract a smoky eye? So I had, like, done a smoky eye for the first time, like a full black, like, blown yeah, out yeah. like smoky eye. Um, but that's the thing people have been clinging to about her speech, and she's okay she said this so she spoke out today it was the first day that she's been like i'm gonna talk about it and she said i was talking about her personality i think it says a lot about our society that you would immediately think i was talking about her looks rather than her personality because i think if it was a man you wouldn't have jumped to those conclusions if i was talking about a man you would have been like she's talking about his abilities but because I was talking about a woman, you're like, she's talking about her looks. Mm-hmm. Because if you listen to the entire White House Correspondence Center, there are two times when she does actually kind of insult somebody's looks. Mm-hmm. She says something about Mitch McConnell isn't here because he's getting his neck circumcised, mm-hmm. which is obviously a jab at the fact that he's got, like, a weak chin. And she makes a um, she makes like a comment about, like, shooting fish in a Chris Christie, like, talking yeah. about how, like, he's, like, a barrel, like, he's fat, you know what I mean? But and no, no one, one has said on anything that. about that, which yeah. is just bullshit. And, like, the media has, media has gone after Michelle yeah. Wolf, and I have a theory that they've gone after her because she fucking called them out. Yeah, she did. And she called both sides, left and right, yeah. out. You and know? she called the media out. Like, she yeah. called CNN out. She called fucking, like, Fox News out. She called them all out. Yeah. I, going back to her Aunt Lydia comment, because mm-hmm. I love The Handmaid's Tale so much. Ditto. It says, 
Um, Aunt Lydia and the Handmaid's Tale. Mike Pence, if you haven't seen it, you would love it. And it says Sanders is used as a tool by Trump and arguably the entire patriarchy to keep women down. So mm-hmm. that's why she's thinking of her as being like Aunt Lydia. Exactly. It's and not also, about her looks at all. No. And it also says ants are a class of women assigned to brainwash new handmaids with the government beliefs and more and help the women accept their fates as birth vessels. And that's her job. That's her job to kind of perpetuate Trump's notions about women and things like right, that. Right. And she and she's kind of a betrayer of her fellow right. women. Well, and like as I love that Michelle said like Michelle Wolf said this because like I love Michelle Wolf, but I love that she's using her platform as a white woman to say this because she yeah. was like I don't know what to call her like Sarah Sanders, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, Aunt Sanders, mm-hmm. Cousin Sanders, what do you call a, a, a what's the Uncle Tom term for a white woman who's disappointed fellow white women? Mm-hmm. Because that's and they showed Sarah Huckabee Sanders when she said that it's and she so looked good. and I hope it fucking hit her in the heart. You know, yeah. I'm like I'm not here to see anyone be like I don't want to see anyone get bullied, but this was a roast. This yeah. is what she was hired to fucking do. Yeah. What did you think she was going to do? She's a fucking comedian, dude. Right, exactly. I liked what she said when she said, I'm 32 years old, which is an odd age. 10 years too young to host this event and 20 years too old for Roy Moore. And she's and I love that she very casually reminded them, like, like yeah, he, he almost, almost got, got elected. elected. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just like, wrote some highlights here. Trump is an idea guy. He wants to give teachers guns. And I support that because then they can sell them for things and, or they can sell them and get things like they get things they need, like supplies. Wow, yeah. that delivery was horrible. You get what I was <laughs> you saying. You can say it again if you want. You can edit it. Oh, no, it's fine. Yeah, no. And for me, honestly, because I, I watched it on Sunday morning and then I watched it again tonight just to kind of like get myself ready for this episode. And I love what she says to the media because the media is sitting there and they're laughing and they're enjoying themselves. But I do think at the end of the day, like they do need to take a hard look at themselves. And what she says to them mm-hmm. is she says, like, y- you guys have all profited off of this administration. Like you've profited off of the fact that this has been such a col- like colossal clusterfuck and you've yeah. all bent yourselves and you've all like you know kowtowed and oh, like the, the remark she made about abortion too where she said something about i don't remember what it was i'm so i'm so horrible at like remembering things and then quoting it she's she's talking about abortion and she's like oh i know i know that you're all against abortion until one of you needs it for one of your secret mistress- mistresses am i right and everyone's <laughs> just kind of like <laughs> Um, you know, and I love that she kind of came out today and was like, I'm not sorry. Like, I'm yeah. not sorry I said anything. I don't regret anything. I did exactly what I was hired to do. Yeah. And it's fucked up that, like, the people who hired her from the White House correspondence people, like, they, when they hired her, they're like, she speaks truth to power and that's why we want her to be there to do this roast because she's so, like, real. And then when they got a little bit of backlash on it, they were like, oh, well, she wasn't what we thought like essentially yeah. and which is some and fucking she even bullshit. says she's like do your research <laughs> yeah well i mean and they did presumably yeah. because yeah. like they said that they knew what they were getting themselves yeah. into and then they were pissed like mm-hmm. because they got backlash that's the only reason yeah. why they were pissed i have two other lines that i really loved she goes i would drag him donald trump here myself but it turns out the president of the united, of the united states is the one pussy you're not allowed to grab oh <laughs> he said it first Okay, the, the last one I really like, too, because it just drives this shit home. Because just when you think Trump is awful, you remember Mike Pence. <laughs> 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 I 
That was the longest it's ever taken me to use this rap horn. Will you marry me? <laughs> yes. Let's do it. Yeah, I, and that's something that I... So long as Mike Pence doesn't say, become president, because right. then it won't happen for us. And that's what people talk about all the time, like, impeach Trump, and then I'm like, wait, but Mike Pence is like... You should watch... <gasps> um, you should watch uh, John Oliver does a really good episode about, like, okay, let's talk about Mike Pence and how fucking scary he is. Yeah, because Donald Trump is stupid. Mike Pence is, like... Evil. Like, smart, oh. evil Disney villain. Yeah, like, like no! I I watched that... Because you kind of, like, work yourself up. You get excited about, like, oh, my gosh, like, I think Trump is going to go down. And then I was like, thanks, John Oliver, because I watched that episode. And then I'm like, okay, everything actually does suck. And if... If um, Trump becomes, in, like, if Trump gets impeached, sorry, the red wine is finally kicking in. If Trump gets impeached, then you have Pence and listening to John Oliver kind of run down everything about Pence was like, oh my God. You're like, nope. He's horrifying. I'm good. And like, all of my gay friends are going to end up in camps if Pence becomes president. Yeah. Like, we, like, we are so fucked. Do you want to read the story on. Um- the regular episode instead? Yeah, I, I will. Um, Annie, if you're listening, I got your story, which is kind of like a follow-up to our last um, What's in the News segment about weed, and it's really amazing, but I will save it for the next episode. Yeah, because we are running along. So we are. I think uh, let's read a sister solidarity story. Yeah, just wrap us up, close us out. Yes, so our friend Mattison sent us a few. This one says, My first Sister Solidarity story is the movie Wonder Woman that came out. I know that it has been out for a while now. I even bought it on DVD. But I wanted to say that the movie meant so much to me and my girlfriends. When I first saw the movie, it was so inspirational to see a badass woman portrayed in a strong and independent way and to not depict her as just a sexual being. My friend and I cried during the movie when we saw it because it was just so awesome, and so I think that the actress who plays Wonder Woman deserves a shout-out, and that's Gail Gadot. And so does the female director for doing such an amazing job in the movie. I completely agree. Wonder Woman, if we had had this podcast during that time... We would have been gushing entirely over that. I saw it in theaters, too. Me, too, and it was amazing. And I'm, I'm not a big action fan chris has really got me gotten me into it uh the director for wonder woman was patty jenkins the the team that did wonder woman was fantastic i completely agree I, with you, girl. and for me like having worked for warner brothers for a long time like i have been really feeling like dc movies are very lackluster yeah um, dc movies aren't uh, with I would the exception of like know. batman be- same but with the exception of like batman begins and like those christopher nolan batman movies yeah we haven't had anything spectacular Wonder Woman was like bomb. busted out and fucking rocked it and it was amazing yeah. so i feel the same way and madison thank you so much for emailing us and we will definitely read your other sister yeah, solidarity we're just stories gonna do it like each week yeah yeah because we, we, if we read all of them now then all of the joy would be gone in one episode. So thank you next- so much for sending those in though. Like that, that's amazing. We love you. Makes me so happy. So guys, before we go, I just want to remind you to send in your motherhood stories. If you have any, 
We've gotten a couple, and they're wonderful, so please, please send yours in. Yeah, Madison also made a really good point that men, please send in your sister solidarity stories as well. Like, this isn't just yes. for females to feel supportive of each other. If you've felt a sort of, you know, female love that you want to uh, share with us, we really just want to hear your stories, you know? So anyone who wants to share something with us, feel free to do so. Do you have anything else that you need to share before um, we wrap up? The only other thing I have to add is just, hey guys, we're almost at $5 on Radio Public. Yo, so five bucks! I know, we're really fucking crushing it. Yeah. So uh, if you want to support us financially, we don't have sponsors or anything um, right now. We try to keep this on the cheap, on the real for you guys. So you can listen on the Radio Public app. Sometimes, like, that's usually what I do whenever I'm listening to our episodes, which is not all the time. But when I do listen to our episodes, I listen on Radio Public on my phone uh, through the Radio Public app. And if you do that, we get just a, a teensy kickback. We get like 25 cents per yeah. episode. And it's like totally that. free for you guys. It's yeah. awesome. I mean, and no pressure. No, but no just, pressure. Just letting you know if you want to. And if you really don't want to help us out financially, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. We're working on TuneIn um, and Google, Google Play. Google Play is up now. Google like, Play is up it's now. It's caught up now, so we're good okay. there. Okay. Um, pretty much anywhere that you can get your podcasts, you will find us. Yeah. And uh, rate and review us Please. on iTunes because I love reading reviews. We don't have that many, and I just reread them today just because I enjoy it. It's like a nice ego boost for myself. <laughs> but do it. Leave us constructive criticism if you want to. Reach out to us on Instagram at uh, Angry Neighborhood Feminist. Email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. 50 seconds before we hit an hour. I know, right? And then, um, uh, uh, oh, we have a Facebook group. Join our oh, Facebook yes. group. It's awesome. We want to create a really cool group of people that can, like, talk to each other and be best friends, and it's going to be great. And, Keegan, with that being said, we encourage you to raise Ray on. <laughs> That's really, really loud. We love you. Bye-bye. <laughs> What does feminism mean to you? During Women's History Month, come explore feminism and how it's playing out in real life with season two of Thread the Needle, a monthly podcast. I'm your host, Donna Schill. I use my background in journalism and draw on women's life experiences to add to the conversation on topics that matter to fellow feminists like you. Now in its second season, listen to new episodes each month as we explore finding yourself through divorce, battling call-out culture, questioning our ideas about masculinity, and discovering why girls' confidence plummets in their preteens. Guests include Stephanie Kuntz, historian and author of Marriage, a History, April White, author of Divorce Colony, and Loretta Ross, professor on white supremacy and call-out culture at Smith College. Listen to Thread the Needle on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.